today we have with us uh, Mr. Karan Motwani from HP International. I'll just give a brief about uh, HP International and Karan uh, before we start. Uh, HP International is Asia's largest solvent maker and it supplies for most of the known piping majors in the country. Uh, HP introduced solvent cements in India and it was the first company to develop NSF certified solvent cements outside USA. Uh, also, it's the fourth largest retail adhesive company in India after Peptide, Astral, and Huntsman. Uh, it's also the second largest uh, manufacturer or among the two manufacturers in India for silicon seasons. Uh, the company has registered a carrier of 35% over last decade. Uh, their mantra is pretty simple, to develop new exciting products uh, with global technologies. And uh, I've known uh, Karan for quite some time, his product knowledge and market insights uh, it's, it's quite commendable and it's our pleasure to have him uh, today. Yeah, hi. Uh, thanks, Karan, for your time. Uh, so, Karan, uh, I'll just start with a question first. Uh, you are the largest solvent supplier uh, maker in Asia. Uh, can you detail broadly what percentage of your revenues comes from solvent cement? And there are several other segments in adhesives and sedents uh, that you have gradually ventured into. Uh, so, if you could give broad ballpark numbers over here and what was the rationale for you to get into other new segments? Thanks. Uh, just getting to the numbers, uh, so we've been in business for the last 35 years and uh, currently about 60% of our revenues comes out of solvent cement. Um, solvent is a very defragment industry as a, as, uh, as a market, so and there are only few organized players across the globe, uh, probably 10 or 15 to really speak of, who have volumes in excess of $10 million. So, pretty uh, cool. Uh, we get about 60% of our revenues from solvent cement out of which uh, 20% are from international sales and 80% is from India. We've entered into three, three new categories. Uh, one of them is silicon seals. Uh, and the reason for that is very simple. Uh, we have a lot of import that comes in from China for this product. And it is literally the only adhesive category which sees a lot of import from China. I mean, if you talk about all the other categories, there are always Indian players who are, who are there. And uh, there's no rational behind why China should dominate that segment when it doesn't actually dominate any other adhesive segment in India. Availability of technology. I think the biggest challenge in India when it comes to adhesive is what you call availability of technology. It's not very easily available to to get, you know, international quality products or to be made in India. So our mantra was very simple. We went out there, found a bunch of consultants who could help us develop some international quality sealant. And uh, what do you call, we brought those into India and we realized that there's a very high potential market. Plus, the rational behind it was it's a very, very high growth segment. It's probably the highest growth segment in, uh, you know, any uh, any of the adjacent categories. It grows at almost 20-25% a year because it's a highly underpenetrated market. Uh, typically, the per capita consumption of silicon sealants is 20% of the global average right now. So, there's a lot of headroom that's available. Plus, you know, with the kind of duty structures that India has been employing over a period of time, we see a lot of potential for making the product within India. And uh, right before us, I mean, at almost the same time, Astro also introduced itself. Uh, so, you know, we kind of, you know, we, we believe that the, the thinking behind the product was and has been correct. As far as the other sealants we've got into, uh, we had a small acquisition of, uh, of a business that was available at a very throwaway price, which was into uh, PDA-based adhesives, which is your pericolicovalent, as well as rubber-based adhesives which also sells on the Pedicol brand. So that was a really, uh, really steal deal that we got. We got a 15 crore business for not much value. 
because the guy was, you know, in an exit mode from the other businesses as a whole. So, which is why we entered those businesses. Again, those businesses have been growing at a regional pace. The margins in those businesses tend to seem to be much higher as compared to the other addresses. Like, TV has a 50% GP or a 20% uh, you know, EBITDA margin with a 6 to 8 times kind of quota. So, the advantage plus our distribution network would always enhance the ability to sell these products. So, given our distribution capabilities in India with over 500 distributors, uh, as well as the addition to product range, we always as you strengthen your market position. We've gotten to all of these categories over the last two years. Right. So you indicated the reform ceilings, and the second was PBA based addresses, and was the third one rubber based addresses? Rubber, 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 rubber based addresses. So yeah, uh, great. Uh, so, uh, can you explain how should one look at uh, addresses and ceilings as categories? So uh, basically, if one had to break this. Uh, into different categories, uh, you have several other categories like epoxy, sino. So, from a general understanding point of view, how do you look at uh, overall basket of adhesives and seasons? And what was your rationale to specifically target uh, these three segments? Was it profitability? Was it growth trends? Uh, was it the competitive landscape? So, if you can just give a macro picture first, and then probably we can drill down into each and every, uh, each and every uh, chemistry separately. Sure. So, uh, the, uh, the adhesive basket will be categorized into multiple segments and what happens is a lot of single adhesive sometimes gets used across, you know, multiple categories. For example, a rubber-based adhesive gets used everything from an automotive carpet all the way up to a laminate, you know, so it's, it's going to be used across so many segments. So, it's difficult to categorize by uh, utilization, but we could still break it up into, you know, PVA and rubber-based adhesive in one category. Uh, they are the more uh, resin-based adhesives, okay, and uh, they typically work on a, a joining system. You know, can I categorize? I'll categorize them on technology because they are more a jointing, a proper adhesive. When you talk about uh, silicon sealants, for example, it is it is more into the building and construction industry or the interior architecture industry. Uh, there, uh, the advantage is that you know it's it's more on a sealing system. It's it's literally filling up a gap, okay. Uh, when you talk about solvent uh, solvent it's not actually a, a traditional adhesive. It's a process of cold fusion, so this is the third category. Now, Sino is again, it's a, the advantage of Sino Accolade, uh, very quick as we know, better know it, is that it is just a quick fusion technology, it's very DIY. You know, do it yourself kind of thing. All the other categories globally are DIY, but unfortunately, in India, we never, I mean, we've never really fixed up a pipe in your bathroom or a you know, uh, what do you call, uh, you've never fixed up, you've never done woodworking in your house. So, we would like to call them DIY, but they actually are not DIY. The fourth category, obviously, is, you know, the uh, the epoxy side of things. Now, epoxy is traditionally used a lot more for, by, you know, small and micro units uh, for manufacturing certain products like bangles and things like that. Uh, they're also used in hardware, you know, like, uh, for example, when you want to stick your door, when you want to stick a door handle, Onto a glass door, you need you use an epoxy clear, which is a, a bond type or an aryl type uh, to stick those. So again, they are part of the construction business. Okay, uh, they cannot be categorized with anybody else. Then fourth would be the epoxy, uh, fifth would be the epoxy putty, which is now a dying segment in India because uh, India doesn't believe in uh, repair as much anymore. We prefer replacing because the value of product has come down substantially. So you know, like in, back in the generation. You know, our parents would, if they, they had a leak below the sink, they would probably put empty. Today, you and me would just replace it. 
So that's a dying category. I won't say a dying category, but it's a slowing category. Very, very slow to zero growth. And even Pidlite doesn't see much potential with it. So these are the major categories in which adhesives can be classified. So, you know, the resin-based adhesives, uh, sealants, or, you know, gap filling, fusion adhesives, and cyano, and uh, yeah, epoxy. That's how you would basically break them down into are there any other specific categories in adhesives and sealants, or something like radiation curable, which are more niche, or say something like a separate basket altogether is construction chemicals? Uh, so, oh. this is two related questions uh, on basically more of a macro picture. Sure. So, so I'll cover your first question. Uh, you know, whether there are other categories. Yes, adhesive has a lot of other categories, you know, acrylic based adhesives and polyurethane based adhesives, very specific applications. Uh, for example, polyurethane adhesives, which are water-based, are used for, you know, all your night issues, or your, you know, basically your keg, keg. Uh, that's a very different category of product, which is made only by a few companies globally, because uh, you need to literally get an approval from Nike, you know, to be able to supply that product. So only a few companies globally have that product. Uh, UV curable, I'm not very, uh, not, I know that there are UV curable adhesives, but I'm not very aware of them, so. I I don't want to get into something uh, that I don't really know much about. So, yeah. and, and the second question was construction construction chemicals and the right. So, uh, construction chemicals in India is a very is probably the second or the probably one of the highest uh, fastest growing industries. The reason again is low penetration uh, within even urban markets. You know there is very very low levels of penetration. Uh, the advantage with construction chemicals are that you know they you know, you can actually get into a few segments, you don't need, it's a very big basket, and it's a very, very fast-growing basket. But what do you call the, the advantage is that you could get into a few segments and pressurize yourself. Like for, for example, Pidlite only does waterproofing. Or somebody only does, you know, like a MYK latitude only does, you know, floorings and admixtures and things like that. So you could actually pick and choose, it's a very diversified segment. It's got almost five or six subcategories. So, uh, you know, the idea behind it is what you call, you can get into whatever category you want and uh, they all have their advantages and disadvantages. Some of them are very, very low price and highly competitive as the admixture segment sells as low as 25, 30 rupees a kilogram. So, that kind of, you know, creates a challenge which you don't have multiple parts or you're not spread across uh, geographically across the country in, in terms of manufacturing. You will not get a all in their uh, now, if I have to just take a step back, uh, now you have diversified from solvents uh, into different categories. So, when it came to capital allocation for you, uh, what were the key variables that you looked at uh, specifically for the different segments on adhesives that you explained? Sure. So, I mean, I, I'll be very honest to tell you that, uh, you know, the adhesive as a business is a very high rota business per se, right? So, whenever even something with a low profitability looks very attractive because the ROI is uh, much better as compared to a business which is so additives typically range in a rota of 6 to 10 at rota at 5% also you're going to make a very very good ROI okay so the difficult the challenging part in additives is the marketability of it I'll just take you through a couple of segments like for example the silicon sealant segment that they're in is about 800-900 crores right now <laughs> it is dominated by either low quality Chinese players or very expensive European American players so we found the niche within that, you know, to price ourselves at a, at a mid-level where they're going to be offering a European quality product at a slightly discounted price, thereby creating value for the customer. So that's in about an 800 crore segment with like a 10% EBITDA, 10 to 12% EBITDA margin, but a good 6 to 8x rota. 
Uh, as far as the PVA adhesive is concerned, we all know how big pit light is. Uh, so that's the 3500 crore segment approximately on the retail side. But there's another industrial side to it, you know, which is more or less only explored by Henkel, by MNCs like Henkel, Bostik and all of that, uh, which is used for, you know, your cigarette making, uh, cigarette making to multiple other applications. So that is another 1500 to 2000 crore segment. And that is traditionally a high high margin business. So you're looking at a EBITDA upwards of 15%. If you're able to market yourself well enough, even 20%, uh, what do you call, and a rota of, again, six to eight times. Uh, right. So what I understand from Petlight is they do uh, dissect this particular industrial segment into IP1, IP2, IP3. Uh, any any specific color over here? So when we say industrial, as uh, 2000 crores. Uh, so uh, my problem has been uh, you see a lot of imports on the furniture side. So honestly, I'm not very sure whether it's going to impact uh, the retail side of Fabricol or the industrial side of Fabricol wherein they can supply to likes of uh, Pepper Fry uh, and all these guys. So, if you have to understand segment better, uh, say this cumulative basket of 5500 crores for retail and industry together, uh, how would you approach it? So, see, uh, I think, you know, what happens is that uh, the trends are changing. Uh, so, Pidlite has, I'll give a very simple example. And, uh, you know, there was the, in the industrial side, uh, there's a business called the joinery business, which is basically furniture factories or their custom-made furniture. So, today, if you, if you hire or if you get a good architect on board, he will not actually, like, you know, back in the days when our parents made our houses, that time they would, you know, the carpenters would be in the house for the entire month and they would be doing the cutting and polishing and joining and all of that stuff. And it would be like a two-month-long process. And everybody in the house would be, you know, irritated constantly. So now what has happened is all of this customized furniture or, you know, pepper fry kind of, you know, modular furniture, everything goes in and gets made in furniture factory, which in their terminology are known as joineries. Now, Pidlite has seen a growth of almost 3x you know, from 100 crores to 300 crores in a span of three years. So, I mean, that would be, whatever, 60-70% kind of casual number. So, the, the even Pidlite understands this categorically that the retail side of things, like all other products in India, is is on the downside. And it is more the industrial side that, you know, that they, that they need to push. So, which is why they've, you know, got another team. Now, as far as the industrial PVAs are concerned, and I'm not saying only the good working. Industrial PVA, the 2000 crore market I'm talking about is joineries, is, you know, your cigarette, even something as simple as like a cigarette uh, that is made, the bulk to paper joining is through a PVA adhesive. It's a very different quality of adhesive, but okay, this is a handicraft industry which is, you know, got a high amount of requirement of D3, D4 kind of product. So that entire basket has multiple sub-segments. Okay. As far as the retail is concerned, the retail is predominantly or say 99% driven by the woodworking and furniture carpenters or the laminate application or you know the ply applications and all of that. But as far as the industrial concerned, it can be broken down into multiple sub-segments. So that's how you would really de- define that. Uh, you also give a number that there's a high margin businesses with 15% plus margins and rota of 6 to 8x. Now when we look at this 15 to 20% margins, uh, how, how would you look at this for a retail customer and for an industrial customer? Um, specifically asking in the context because you have several MNCs which are also in the space which you indicated. But uh, we we have never seen a Fevicol. There's only one Fevicol which is from uh, Pitlight. And most of the MNCs they haven't even bothered to venture in the space. So from your perspective, when you get into PVA, what is the thought process for HP uh, into both retail as well as industrial segment? 
So, uh, I think what is that? Uh, not only the retail adaptive business is very tough. I mean, I'll be very honest to tell you that uh, it is not everybody's piece of cake. Uh, there has not only been international corporates, but even some Indian corporates who've been around for generations, but have never been able to, and they've been very successful. Like, take the example of Jubilant, right? They've had the uh, Jubilant Agri and Consumer as a division called Jivanir. Uh, that is a product which has been around, it is called Danicol, and probably somebody over here has heard of it before. Uh, that's a, been a business which has been with them for, uh, what do you call the last 40 years, and they've never gone past 120 crores in that business. Now, you can just imagine that a company like, uh, you know, uh, Jubilant, which is so successful in multiple segments, from pharma to, you know, food to so many other segments, has never been able to compete, uh, like, has never been able to be successful in this segment. Another company, uh, that's an example of this is Atul. Again, another company which has done very well in all its business, except the additional business, which is still about 100, 120. They keep going up and down. Third example would be an uh, MNC, which would be Henkel, you know, which has actually passed out distribution of, uh, of Loctite, which is an epoxy additive, to Asian chains because they can't manage the retail part. Unfortunately, Retail adhesive business in India requires promoter supervision. Now, the moment companies are not able to have that sort of a promoter supervision or, you know, like, today I have to have an attachment with all my distributors. They should, they should feel that they can approach me. The moment I become non-approachable, that is the point I'm going to lose that, you know, sense of the market. And it's a very, very, you know, uh, channel partner driven market. I mean, you need a good channel partner also. It's not just your branding and marketing, it's unlike an SMTG, it's got challenges, you know, that you actually have to, you know, focus on, you know, that the channel partner actually likes you, likes your company, he gets what he wants, otherwise he will always switch over to another brand, because it's not that highly marketed industry, unlike some of the other SMTG products. So that is a typical differentiation why uh, some of the MNCs have never really been able to do well, and they may not continue, because that's, that's the agility that a, that an Indian company provides. So, again, we came in for the exact same reason, that we are still a much smaller company compared to a lot of these other MNCs. Uh, so, we realized that, you know, we have that agility, we have that, you know, focus of doing retail. I can pick up the phone and call up all my distributors in a single day and have a conversation about, with them about just a ticket match. And that's what they really want. And a company with a pure corporatized culture will not be able to, you know, kind of follow that rule. I mean, sometimes they'll call you and say, Karan Bhai, I need another 2% because I'm, I'm stuck somewhere else or my payment is stuck or, you know, they need a little of monetary flexibility, which you have to provide them in the additional business. Uh, Karan, before we move on to the next segment, just two specific questions for PBA. Uh, any sense on the market share uh, for the team players in this segment? Uh, that's one. And what is the sort of competitive intensity do you see in this space? I think, leading, I think the only real uh, organized and, you know, per player with large market share is like. Uh, they have almost 60-65% kind of market share. The competitive intensity in that business is extremely high. Uh, just to give a simple example, that the same product can get sold for 68 rupees a kg to 125 rupees a kg. And uh, the difference between the two is the kind of incentives. So one guy is just selling it at cost price, you know, at standard price. And the other guy is building in layers of incentive for the plumber, for the carpenter, for the dealer, for the distributor. That's the difference. With the competitive intensity in a distance period, because it's a, you know, high rota, low investment kind of business, has always been high. PVA more so because it's purely water-based, and, you know, a little bit of variation can change price. I mean, typically a certain level of product is supposed to have, say, 40% solid content, 
Somebody's going to make a 38 percent and add this, and there is two percent of water, and he's going to undercut people. So that is a very big problem in the addictive business. Undercutting is a right. huge, huge issue. All right. So you said around 5500 crores is a market size, 3500 retail, 2000 is industrial. Now with Spitlight probably having around 60 percent market share, uh, is that correct? Of the retail side, of the retail side, not the industrial. Industrial probably the retail. Yeah, and uh, basically the companies will be there in the packing order basically if you look at it from a market share point of view. Spitlight has literally bought everybody out but I think the second uh, biggest player would be Givendor with about 80 crores. Okay. Uh, followed by a Euro uh, with about uh, what do you call 60 crores, 60, 70 crores and I'm, I'm not keeping a tab of the numbers but they are basically a listed company so you may be able to look up their data very easily. Uh, then uh, follow that up by, um, you know, the likes of a Huntsman, which is about 40, 50 crores. 40 crores, I would say. Like, okay. And that would basically be the packing order next three guys. Astral would be after that. Astral would come after that. What the next segment? Uh, you indicated uh, rubber addresses is something which is also uh, uh, interesting, but then which you uh, recently acquired a small asset. Uh, if you could give some broad color on the market size, what are the growth rates that you see over here and on the competitive intensity? So, you know, as far as uh, rubber addition is concerned, it's a, uh, what do you call, it's a huge segment. I mean, uh, it's again another 4,000 crore kind of segment. Uh, the distinction between uh, retail and industrial is slightly lazy over there because, uh, you know, if everything is sold to distributors and the same guys sell it to retail outlets also and they sell it to industry, small industries also. So, it's got varied applications. I mean, everything from a footwear sole to, you know, a carpet in an automotive industry to bus body manufacturing to, uh, you know, foam and furnishing to lot of like leather, all of these use, uh, you know, additives. And uh, typically, the calculation tends to uh, be a little hazy because the entire sale goes to a distributor. So, you don't sometimes know the breakup. But I would assume that it's a more of a 50-50 kind of thing. You know, 50% is retail and 50% is... Uh, Again, industry. None of the other companies besides uh, Piglite actually do well in the retail segment there. Piglite only has retail. Everybody else predominantly does the industrial side. The advantage to that business is it's a very, very high, it's a higher OTA business than standard because everything goes in bulk packs. You don't need to spend for filling machines. It's simply you take a very, very big mixer and you, you know, dump all your products in there, make it. So in a 20 lakh mixer, you could end up doing two and a half crores worth of, or three crores worth of production in a year without actually requiring any filling machines or any ancillary equipment beyond that. So, the margins are typically much lower, but the uh, the rota is much higher, like somewhere about 10 times, maybe even higher if you know you can do it more efficiently than uh, some of the other players. Okay. Uh, some current margin over here, you indicated around 10x, uh, I think 20 likes you said, uh, 3 pros of production is possible. Now, what are the sort of margins and uh, uh, the different yeah. companies which are in the space? So, you have different products like Hex on uh, against Febibond, not exactly a like-to-like comparison. And I think there's a competition from uh, Chandra Chemical when they have some products in the market. Yeah. Uh, if you could uh, provide some color over here, that would be useful. Sure. So, so see, I told you, right, uh, this market is uh, dominated in the retail side of the market. Again, on the industrials, because the payment cycles are very, very long, Fidelite doesn't invest any money on the industrial side of things over there. Uh, so they have a thousand crore kind of a retail side to things, maybe another hundred or two hundred crores in industrial, but nothing major in the industrial side of things. Industrial, 
you know, Sandra Chemical used to be a player uh, of uh, much repute uh, a lot of years ago, but I think the focus is not a different anymore because, you know, the PC general group has a lot of other investments and assets that they need to take care of. So this is something that can be growing for them year-on-year basis. Uh, as far as the other, a lot of other players have tried to do well in the retail uh, side of things, but uh, they have not really been that successful. But yeah, players do very, very well in the industrial side. I mean, there are players like, uh, you know, Polygel and Superbond and a lot of other smaller players, you know, like 50, 50 70 crore kind of players. A lot of them are there in the market uh, who do part, bits and pieces like this from there. Um, right. uh, yeah. What will be the size of the market over here? Uh, around say, 1,000 so, know, crores and what? Uh, 4,000 crores would be a total and it would be broken up, you know, uh, between a lot of industries. So, like, you know, for example, in, in the industrial side, you have a Henkel also. You have a Bastik also, right? So, all of them are in the, uh, in the fray in this industrial side. So, the market, I mean, uh, the market is, it's a, it's an equal breakup as a industrial and retail. Right. And what is the sort of growth rate that you will see in this segment? I, I forgot to ask you the same thing on the PVA side as well. So if you could yeah. just touch on the growth rate for PVA as well as before we move to the next segment. Yeah. So PVA has been a slightly more tepid growth rate kind of market. It's a very defensive sector. I mean, you know, all of you are uh, from the, you know, from the market. So I think the word I would use for it is a defensive sector. It doesn't really degrow. It doesn't really grow very fast. It's like one of those things that Consistently give you 10% either. Uh, as far as on the market, on, on the overall market side, signals tends to be higher sometimes, it should be lower sometimes. It depends on how aggressive they are or how aggressive the competition is. Uh, that's what defines the, uh, you know, how much you end up growing. But it's typically a 10% category. As far as rubber adjustment, the applications are still growing for rubber adjustment. So, you know, we are seeing a 10 to 15% kind of growth rate in this, uh, you know, uh, business. But uh, it could be, it could, it could stagnate also after a certain point to 10 to 10 percent. I mean, it could slow down to 10 percent. Right. Uh, would you like to touch up the third category uh, that you have uh, ventured into and uh, had the same aspects on the market size uh, and competitive intensity? Serious? Uh, silicon? Yeah. So silicon is honestly my most exciting new business that I'm in right now uh, because I see that the potential of Indian students industry could hit about 4,000 crores in the next. For 10 years. Okay. So I, the way I see that business is that it's a, it's currently a low margin business, uh, because there's a lot of competition and influx from China. Now, post COVID, that, we're expecting those things to change, you know, uh, from, from a very simple point of view, there's a lot of, lot of the dealers and distributors who actually, you know, import Chinese products, who, who buy Chinese products have seen, have some amount of resentment against, uh, the Chinese products, you know, across, across multiple segments, but, in Siemens also we see that. So we are seeing a lot of the low quality Chinese uh, customers actually, you know, sort of upgrade and say, okay, we're going to buy an Indian product which is made in India. Uh, so hopefully the margins will also improve a little bit. But I think the volumes will, uh, will grow tremendously for because there are about 400 odd importers from China currently. And even if 50% of them stop, I mean, all the Indian players will double up their market share in a matter of a year. So that's honestly my most like exciting segment to be in. So that's the overall, you know, applications of those products. I mean, literally five years ago, nobody knew what silicon cement was. And today, or ten years ago, nobody knew what silicon cement was. It was a very niche product. And today, you know, it's a very household thing. I mean, everybody's using it. Uh, you know, developers who five years ago, you could not talk to about cement are now giving orders worth 
15 lakhs or 1 crore in a single commercial building. So there is a tremendous scope, and you know, with India's expected growth rate in in terms of real estate and construction, and with you know, uh, with with the, all the Pradhan Mantri Yojana regarding giving everybody a house by 2025, I think the requirement for students is going to just grow and it's going to grow exponentially. I think it's going to be the fastest growing addition segment in the next whatever five ten years. Right. You indicated 4,000 crores in 10 years. Uh, how much is the market size right now and who are the key players? I'm assuming, again, Pidlite uh, will have its own no, share over Pidlite, Pidlite actually is not a very, very, very relevant player in this space. They are anything between 10 and 20 crores. Uh, I don't know the reason why they're not very relevant or they don't intend to be very relevant. I think they, they don't like the margins of the business. Uh, the real uh, players, I mean, I would take Chinese as one group. They control about 60% of the market share, which we expect to reduce. Uh, then there would be Indian packaged or Indian sold products like HP uh, or Indian manufactured products like HP and Astral and you know McCoy and all the other players in the market. Uh, we control about 10 to 15 percent market share, and the rest is controlled by the big boys like Dow Corning and Wacker. So that is how the segmentation is pretty much broken up. But we are seeing slowly, slowly the reduction of Chinese uh, imports. I mean, we look at month-to-month data, so we, we've been noticing a, a, a serious downtrend in the import because the problem is that all the importers who bring it in, they don't really have a channel. So, as this product has a massive shelf life issue. So, in a year, it's going to be gone. So, these guys actually bring in and, you know, every year, 20 guys stop and another 20 guys start. So, the number it doesn't really reduce, but we're seeing an overall downtrend in Chinese imports as far as season And what will the current market size for this particular segment? But yeah, I would say anything between 800 to 1,000 cash. Uh, I just wanted to touch upon and understand uh, on the gross margin profile, specifically the raw material prices, I would presume that it would have gone down with crude collapsing. Uh, so what sort of uh, impact do you see for this three specific segments that you have present in? So I'll, I'll be very, uh, unfortunately, you know, all the uh, segments that we are in don't have a direct, direct correlation from crude. Okay, for example... Uh, you know, synthetic rubber is, is a, is, is, I mean, it obviously has byproducts, but it doesn't really have. Syria is the only one that has real relevant, uh, you know, relevance with food. But again, it's a, you know, it's a vinyl. It's, it's, it, it takes its plastic from multiple locations. So the prices are softer, definitely, you know, we're not, uh, we've at least seen a 7 to 8% kind of, uh, dip in the raw material prices. I mean, the prices are constant, but the dollar is increased. So typically we would say 7 to 8% kind of dip in raw material, but, it's not going to one-to-one relevance in that sense of the word. So we're not going to see a massive drop in addictive uh, prices, probably 5 or 10% or at, at max 15%, but not more than that. All right. Uh, uh, just before we move on to the construction chemicals, I had a wider question on the three segments. So you did indicate uh, specifically on the PVSI that the price points can vary significantly and it will be a function of uh, how much of incentives are given either to the readers or uh, to the end users. So right. when you price your products, uh, how do you look at working capital margins and uh, brand positioning or say pricing strategy? So uh, see, when you talk about, talk about pricing strategy, the ideal situation in any addition is want to underprice. I mean, if you want to become a, a, a brand a brand player in any segment, the first rule is never to underprice yourself uh, compared to the market competition. You can give a couple of percentage of at, at best five or seven percent, uh, you know, margins to the to the market leader, but not beyond that because the moment you go beyond that, you will start getting considered as a price fixture, which is then, you know, an, a bottomless pit. I mean, you keep falling and you keep falling and you keep dropping and you keep dropping. There's never any end to it. 
as far as working capital in cycles, the adjustments typically have a slightly longer working capital uh, cycle. I mean, you look at, you compare a, a Hindustan lever to a Piglite. Okay, uh, Hindustan lever probably works on negative working capital and Piglite works on 50 days on, on their book. At least that's what they show them in the book. So, adjustments typically have a little longer working capital cycle of about I mean, you know, by the time you do a full turn, it's about 120 days between raw material, package goods in your store, uh, distribution, collection. It's about a 90 to 120 day kind of cycle. Uh, well, lastly, touch upon uh, construction chemicals and waterproofing. How do you see the segments? You indicated these are exciting segments under penetrated. Uh, we, do we have any exposure to the segments or do we intend to have some uh, exposure to the segments? Uh, that's, that's the first question. So, uh, see, I'll be very honest. Uh, as far as the future is concerned, uh, we are definitely going to come out with a bunch of products. Construction chemicals may be one of them. Uh, I can't, I can't say for sure because nobody knows what the world on the other side of COVID will look like. Honestly, I've heard a lot of people talk and you know come out with different, different kind of theories, and I, I've never been able to really put my head to it and say what is it going to really be. I think we'll have to just, we'll have to, we'll have to play with our strength, uh, which is you know keeping our brand value intact, keeping our sales intact, keeping our teams intact, hoping that, you know, the market can, even if the market consolidates a bit, we're able to take our own market share that we, we, that we used to have earlier. Uh, so, given that, uh, I don't know, you know, how, uh, what do you call, when we will get into this segment, but yeah, I do have a considerable exposure to them in terms of understanding. Now, I'll very, very simply give an example. Uh, let's take an example of waterproofing, right? Waterproofing is among the biggest segments. It's a segment that Piglite dominates on the retail side and Tika dominates on the product side. Uh, it's a very, very exciting segment because it has multiple technologies within waterproofing also. And, uh, you know, the, the reason why it's going, it's going to do very, very well is simply that one, the quality products that we've been applying for so many years has not been up to the mark. So, you know, typically all of us who live in Bombay, we know that every three to five years we have to get our house where we get waterproofing right now. So, you imagine that if any, anything which is repeated on a 3 to 5 year basis has to have an inherent market. I mean, you're not a customer again in 3 years, simply for the company. Now, as far as the, uh, what do you call, uh, so that kind of, that added to the fact that there is actual awareness of the product leads to a higher growth rate. I mean, waterproofing is literally the fastest growing construction capital segment there is, which is why Piglite and Asian Paints are like, you know, fighting it out there and trying to take maximum market share. Piglet actually ended up buying a company called Lina Waterproofing just to enhance their presence in the waterproofing segment. You know, to create a, to, to create an incumbent customer for them, you know, who's going to buy 150, 200, 200 rupees worth of material. So that was the, you know, thing. Uh, as far as the ad mixtures and epoxy grouts and all that is con- uh, concerned, uh, they are being used, uh, obviously their utilization will improve, but not at that rate. And uh, as far as then there are coatings, there are multiple segments. So, I mean, construction chemicals are very, very, you know, wide basket of products and you'll have to actually break it down into segments, you know, sub-segments and you to really figure out what each segment can can do. But, yeah, typically the industry should see a 15% gather irrespective as an overall industry. Uh, great, great. If we had to look at two big categories, so something like doctor fix it on the waterproofing and drop on size routes, uh, what is the market size uh, to your mind specifically for these two categories and the key players? You did indicate uh, Pitlite and Sika, but if you can give some bifurcation and numbers over here, that would be quite useful. Waterproofing would be uh, anything between an 800 million to a billion dollar segment. I mean, the second chemical as a whole is about, I would assume, about 
upwards of 15,000 crores. So, and what is this thing is definitely, you know, one of the big, uh, big plays in the effort. So, I would say, uh, it's definitely a 6,000, 7,000 crore kind of segment. Midnight, I know, has, uh, you know, has a top line of about 1,000 crores. Asian has a top line of about 600 crores. Sika would have a top line of about 200, 300 crores in, in the waterproofing segment. And then there are so many other players. I mean, you know, construction chemicals has region-based players, you know, uh, product-specific players. Uh, it's it's just a very very huge. It's it's a, it's a notion of companies doing different things, you know, specializing in different things. So yeah, I mean six thousand crores. As far as the tile and grout market, I would assume, assume it to be a little smaller because we're still you know the tile industry and tile grout is still not picked up as much. I mean, if you if you talk to a mason, he's still not very very comfortable with tile grout and tile additions when it comes to application of tiles, marbles, you know, and all these other kind of stories. So. I think that would be a 3,000 crore segment, but again, that will also see a higher level of, uh, you know, penetration. But again, it's a low price point segment. So, we're looking, when you talk about uh, waterproofing, you're talking about 80, 80 to 100 rupees a litre, you know, on the on the primary sales point. When you're talking about uh, ad mixtures, you're looking ad mixtures and tile grouts and all that, you're looking at anything between 8 to 40 rupees per kg. So, yeah, there, is a, there, is a, there are challenges as far as, you know, you know, creating all India reach for any single company with one plant. Interesting. And uh, any key players on Tile and Grout side, so I think the ROP is there. Uh, is there something which should be material for Petlight or any other name that you would like to highlight? Sorry, I didn't catch a question. I, I'm not sure. Uh, specifically on the Tile Grout, yeah. Petlight yeah. which is there, uh, yeah. I'm not sure how much uh, revenue they crop over here. Uh, you did indicate 3,000 crores could be an indicative market size. So, yeah. who are the leading players in this segment? Uh, see, uh, MIK Latitude is a player. Uh, you know, there's a company in Baroda which I'm not fair with. So, tile routes and uh, ad mixtures kind of work together. So, I, when I'm saying 3000 crores, I'm saying tile routes plus ad mixtures. So, there's uh, fair made which is in Baroda, there is MIK Latitude, there is uh, Chogle. Uh, there's a lot of players. I mean, frankly, uh, in that 100 crore vicinity, there are at least, I would say, about 10 odd players, 8 to 10 players. 80 to 100 crore vicinity. So, yeah, it's, it's a very, very big market. And, and then you come down to, you know, the 50 crore category. There also there are a lot of players. You know, like the 30, 40, 50 crore players. There also there will be another 8 to 10 or maybe even 15 players. Some of them have been acquired, some of them are on the verge. So, construction chemical, another very interesting thing. That uh, a lot of the older companies like STP and you know others in the construction chemicals business are exiting the business because you know what are the internal reasons, more management issues or management challenges and things like that. But the construction chemical market is going to consolidate over the next uh, two to three years, I would say, tremendously. The bigger boys will remain, the smaller guys will be merged into them or bought out by them or even some of them are shut off. That's another factor. Yeah. That's, that's, that's quite interesting. I, we are running short of time. Uh, I just had two questions and we'll open it up for Q&A. Uh, you did indicate, uh, uh, you gave an example of Loctite. Uh, it, it is now under the Asian basket. Uh, do you have, how, how should one look at this specific thing? Like, uh, can people like Asian Paints uh, make a successful product? Or are there any past similar examples uh, wherein companies could not deal with the distribution and they gave up uh, a pretty decent solid brand. Uh, any any examples in past, any learnings from this? So, Asian itself is an example of this. I mean, I, I really love the company. I think they've done some fantastic work when it comes to paint and some of the other sectors. But 
What happened in Asian across uh, multiple segments, not just adhesive, is that you know besides that core segment, uh, the other segments that they are in have not really been that you know uh, that uh, good for them. Uh, adhesive is another one of them. So what happened is in the first year when they launched uh, PV, they launched PV adhesive about two and a half three years ago. The first twelve months saw a movement of three hundred crores onto their primary counters. Okay, because obviously they they were already their pain counters. They just pushed the material in. But there was no second, there was not enough secondary work that happened. So the next year the sales slumped by 50% in the adhesive space. Now that doesn't show up in the balance sheet because it's a 25,000 crore kind of balance sheet or 18, 20,000 crore balance sheet. I'm not doing my numbers, but it, that 150 crore doesn't really, you know, cannot be seen anywhere. But they didn't really find the kind of success that they were looking for. Uh, that tells you that again, as I said, right, adhesive is typically a, is a very, very you know, um, hands-on kind of business, you have to be very hands-on. You can't run it under a very strict corporate culture because it won't really work that way. It is uh, not something that's so branded. Your channel partner is also a major influence on the product. In two cities, you could be doing better sales than one of them just because the channel partner is stronger. Okay, his reach is better. His his approach is better to the whole uh, situation. So, yeah, I mean, everybody is not going to really do well because uh, just because they have a big... Um, they're under a big umbrella. Asian is one of the examples of that. And there are others, as I've already mentioned. Right. Perfect. Uh, thank you so much, Karan.